So guys, I want to welcome you back to the Get Ready to Reach podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. And wow, can I believe it has already been 30 days past in this new year. Time truly is passing by fast. Uh, so today's topic is going to be believe. And it's actually not today's topic. It's last week's topic. And I apologize that I did not get this out to you last week. Um, I came across a topic that was really big and the words were just not coming to me. And in fact, the words were not coming to me until I added these words to the topic believe, which was believe in your journey. When I added those words to it, uh, then I felt, you know, I don't want to say qualified, but I felt like the words were coming to me as they were supposed to. And I wasn't going to sit down in front of this camera and force something out that I feel like you guys would have felt was not authentic to what I'm trying to do. You know, when I first started this podcast, I started it out in mind of, you know, me sitting down in front of a camera, in front of a cell phone, sharing some stories, sharing some wisdom, some knowledge that can help one person, uh, you know, turn on the light, uh, you know, make a difference, make a decision, get off whatever they're stuck on, etc. And I want to stick to that. So if I ever miss a week, it's because I got a topic that I want to talk to you about. But for whatever reason, the words are not flowing naturally the way I want them to. And I just refuse to put out some crap. So um, that is why I was a week late. That and I just had the flu bout that was the flu bout from hell uh, on my back in bed for four and a half straight days. No puking, but coughing like I was a possessed man. Uh, you know, chills, fever, my head's sweating, my feet are frozen. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. So. <laughs> Excuse my voice, as you can hear, uh, I sound really stuffed up, I guess, but, you know, I'm going to get through this. So, um, like I said, you know, it wasn't until we added uh, the words, believe in your journey, is when the words started coming to me as far as what I should share with you, where I wanted to take this, and, and where I wanted it to go. Um, the format's still going to be the same. I'm still going to tell you a story. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to give you some statements. And then I'm going to do an exercise at the end, and I'm going to leave you to go about your day. So, this is today's story. So there I am in the middle of a huddle. The score is 59 to 58 with five seconds left in a very intense high school basketball game. My coach got rest his soul. My coach's butt is getting tight right now. After all, this is his team that he left a year ago. We're in their building. Our conference record is 8-0, and the Kingsmen were 7-1. They were our cross-town rival. As the crowd was going wild, it's absolutely living inside. I could barely hear, but I managed, excuse me, as Coach scribbled things down on his clipboard, and he gave us instructions. This is what he said. He says, Ben, you involved by inbound the ball to Mike, and you run down the opposite side of the floor and you come off a double screen set by Reggie and Bernie. He says, at the same time, Scott, on the other side of the floor, I want you to run off the double screen as well, coming to the other corner. Mike, you look for one of these two coming off the screen. Bernie, you're looking for the tip-in. If neither of those two are open, Mike, Reggie, you flash <clears throat> to the high post. Mike, you hit him there. If that doesn't work, the time will be over and we'll just lose the game. And this is when my belief in your journey was tested. It's not where it started for me, but it's definitely one of the true turning points uh, in my life.
I kind of want to recap that. I want to pause it. I don't want to make light of that story that I just read to you. Again, it's 59-58. They had just scored. We call timeout. We have five seconds on the clock left. My coach is at his former high school employer. Okay, he was a JD coach. For whatever reason, they didn't give him a shot. He comes over to a 4-17 school, figures he'd add a little bit of discipline, and we'll change the system, and use what the talent we already had, and we're 8-0 going home against his old buddies, who he golfs with over the summertime. Their kids go to college together. They're 7-1. So the situation is very tense in our circle. We felt like we had no cheering section there, very small cheering section. Penn High School is like a small junior college, and we probably had 100 people there. They probably had 1,800 people there. So it was us against the world type environment. When I say it was absolutely living inside, that is probably the biggest understatement you can imagine. But I just wanted to pause so you could really get a, a good picture of what that, what that environment was like, okay? So again, when he called to play, it was, it was, I want to go over it one more time. He says, then I want you to inbound the ball to Mike and run down the opposite side of the floor, okay? He says, come off a double screen that will bring you to Mike's side. Mike, that's your first option. Look for Ben coming off that screen. He says, Scott, when Ben passes you, you go off the double screen and come to the other corner. Mike, that's your second option. He says, Bernie, you're looking for the tap-in, and if neither of those two guys are open, Reggie, you flash, pin your guy and flash to the high post. Mike, that's your third option. If none of that works, the game will be over. We won't have enough time. So, <clears throat> I pause that for this reason. Because like I said, everyone knew that I was trying to go to an NBA. Yeah, everyone knew that you, wanted, you need to go to college at that time to go to the NBA. Yeah, that was my goal, and I was dead serious about it, all right? But some of you two-point guards out there, you made me listen to this story, and you might feel like, okay, Mike, that was your job. What was the problem? And I guess for me, it was a slap in the face. There was no, hey, Mike, uh, you know, by this time, you might have a second left, take your best hoisted shot, heave it from half court, you know, try to shake your guy and take a pull-up three. There was none of that. There was no looking at me saying, um, you know, hey, you're our fourth option. If those three break down, try to penetrate and get fouled. There was none of that. It just was like this. If those don't work, then you probably won't have enough time. We'll probably just lose the game. You know, and like I said, God rest his soul. But I'm sure if he could go back and understood how I felt at that moment, he probably would have said it differently. But you never know how you say something to someone, especially if you're not watering their flower. You never know what you say to someone, how much that will affect you. Like I said in my last video, some of these coaches in sports and athletes and et cetera are affected by what they go through um, in junior high and high school. And this is one that definitely shaped me. It was like, okay, I'm not even worth you telling I'm option number four or five. I'm not even half court heat, nothing. I just, we'll just lose the game. That didn't sit well with me. That didn't sit well with me at all. Um, so you can say what you want to say. You can think what you want to think, but that just didn't sit well with me. And I'm going to let you think about this. What do you think I did? Did you think I followed along? Or do you think I decided to do something different? Because this is the point of the story where there's two sides of the story. They're both true, but I'm going to tell you from the uh, fan's 
from the team from the outside in, what they saw on the outside in. I'm not going to tell you what I felt on the inside out. I'll save that for a completely another podcast. And trust me, you will want to hear that podcast. Uh, anybody who wants to write in and remind me, hey, remind me what how you felt on the inside out of that Elkhart Central pin uh, Kingsman game, please do so. I would encourage you to do so. It is an incredible story. Uh, you don't want to miss that. But I'm going to tell you what I felt on the outside in, like what the fans saw, what the crowd saw, what my teammates saw. That's what we're going to stick with, okay? So continuing on with the story, we break, one, two, three, team, we break, and we all walk out nervous as hell, and they can say they weren't, but they weren't. We were all nervous as hell. My hands were shaking a little bit, and I was nervous. Uh, but really, when the referee gave the ball to Ben, it was kind of like game on. The nerves went away. <clears throat> so... In basketball, for those of you guys who don't know, if you don't touch the ball, the clock does not start running. It doesn't start running until the first person touches the ball. Uh, typically, you want that to be the offense. Uh, so I let the ball roll until almost the, the free throw line of the um, there in before the defender ran at me trying to get me to pick up the ball. And he thought he could get it, but I grabbed it anyway. And I'm coming up the right side line, ball in my right hand. I'm just drilling, pound, pound, pound. Okay, so I see Ben, he runs down the opposite end of the floor, comes off the double screen, and Ben is an incredible shooter. Uh, ben has ice in his veins. Ben was not open. They saw that. Uh, their big man covered for him. Ben was not open. I actually thought Bernie would have turned and, and flashed for the ball, and I probably would have just threw it to him because he had a little guy guarding him for a split second, uh, but no big deal. So then I see Scott run off the other side of the screen to the other side of the floor. Now, Scott was not the best shooter on the move. He was a better shooter when he was stationary, uh, ready, set, with his hands ready to go. Uh, probably 50% three-point shooter when his hands are ready to go. Probably, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't know what his percentage was moving, but it wasn't as high when he was set with his feet planted, ready to go. So I really didn't look at Scott too well. He wasn't open, but he probably could have got a shot off. But I really wasn't looking to get Scott the ball in that that scenario. And then there's Reggie. So Reggie is our six foot two, extremely athletic, uh, senior center, solid player. He played tight end for IU. Reggie ended up pinning his guy. He turns to me, he's Mike. You know, Reggie's the kind of guy when you hear Mike, you know, it's just like, oh, Reggie, uh, kind of thing. So he turns to me, he's got his guy pinned below the free throw line. His guy's guarding him as six foot eight, and he's got him pinned, and they've been battling all game long. And that was where I was going, but then something in that situation stuck out to me. I'm at almost half court, and I'm not like dribbling stationary, I'm still advancing forward, but this is all happening in slow motion. But I'm almost at half court. Reggie is below the free throw line, okay? That means if I can get to that 18 foot mark, 17 foot and a half, probably 18 foot mark, I can shoot that. Now my defender must have saw me really calculating this out because I swear to God, I, I probably went blank here, but I'm looking at him, I'm on the right side of the floor at half court, okay? Just over the half court line, almost in the corner. He darts for the steal, the ball's in my right hand, and he darts with his right hand. Defenders, you know, if you're going to gamble, guess what? 
you don't gamble with your with your strong hand like that in that situation because if you don't get it then that means you got to do a complete 360 to get back to your man so he darts with his right hand I'm dribbling with the right hand I take the ball behind my back and I make a beeline for that 18 foot mark right in the middle of the circle top of the key now for those of you that don't know me everyone that knows me knows in high school I shot with the ball on the side of my head and I was always a set shooter I shot that way because my knee was messed up for several reasons but the point is I was always a set shooter I really didn't develop a jump shot until I got into college um, so this is where again you're going to want to know the inside out to the story I'm, I'm pointing this out for a reason make sure you ask me to come back and do another podcast on this particular episode um, but I make a beeline and I dart towards that 18 foot spot dead center top of the key now Reggie's got this guy's pinned alright but this guy fights around him I raise up for a pull up jump shot 18 feet over an outstretched 6 foot 8 center from Penn High School. Switch. When I fell down and every one of my teammates fell on me and the crowd and the coaches came down and did the floor, it was one of the most amazing feelings that I've ever had. Um, clearly it's something that I wanted to share with you guys. And again, I'll ask you this because I've asked myself this a million times. What do you think would have happened if I didn't take and make that shot? You know, clearly I'm not an NBA now, so I can't sit there and say, that was a shot that propelled me to NBA start. No, no, it's not. Uh, my dream didn't pan out, and that's fine. But what do you think would have happened if I didn't take and make that shot? What do you think would have happened if I would have missed that shot? Hmm, yeah. A lot of you guys are out there in business. And we take shots and we miss them. But what happens if you take it and you make it? That's why this was so important for me believing in my journey. Because I was at a point in my life to where, you know, I wasn't getting watered as a flower. I wasn't getting told, you're valuable. We love you. We need you. You do this for us. Nothing. Even though I'm a starter and playing heavy minutes. It was it was like Heckle, Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hyde, whatever it is. You know, uh, before practice, I'd shoot 70% from the three-point line. I know it because I did it all summer long. I'd shoot 100 threes, uh, five spots, 20 from each spot, and I'd hit 65 to 70 of them every day before practice. If I got in practice and hit one, it was a good day because I had a coach yelling at my ass for every little thing. I couldn't think. I had no confidence, no belief, no nothing. You know, so for me, making, taking and making that shot kept me on my journey, believing in my journey believing in myself even though I didn't know where I was going with that and I suspect for a lot of you you probably have a lot of family members friends and a lot of haters who don't get your vision who don't understand where you're going and you probably need some kind of little victory like that shot to keep you believing in your journey and that is what the point of this podcast is is to kind of encourage you that you have to push on you don't have a choice you have to push on uh, here's something for you. You know, I use a lot of Bible scriptures. Jesus of Nazareth had to leave. If you look in Mark 6, 3 through 6, 7, he had to leave. I'm going to actually read it verbatim. It says, some of the people in the crowd were saying, Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? 
Aaron and his sisters here with us, and they took offense at him. And he continued on with saying in 6.4, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives, in his own home. You know, and that sums it up right there. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, amongst his home relatives, in his own home. You know, think about that. Here is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in his hometown, amongst people who know him. And they're like, who gave you such, how do you speak with such power? How are you able to perform these miracles? You're just the son of a carpenter. Your sisters are among us. Your brothers are among us. You know, so he can do much. He healed a few sick people and he had to leave. He had to go to village, village, village. He had to leave. Uh, that's just, that's just, that just blows me away. But again, if you believe in your journey, guess what? Your journey is probably going to take you away from where you left, where you were. And it's not that those people don't love you. It's just that, you know what? They don't want to believe that you're more than them. And they see you like one of them. But the minute you walk over to a foreign land and you do something that you do normally every day. But they're like, wow, how do you do that? You know, if you took a laptop to, you know, 20 years ago, if you took a laptop to somewhere in a third world country, they'd be like, you must be rich. You're like, no, everyone's got one of these. I got two, you know. It's normal for you. But for where they were, there's like, no, this is not normal. This is why you have to believe in your journey. You have to have enough faith, enough courage to actually walk out from your norm, from the people who don't believe in you, or from the people who don't see what you see, or from the people who don't get what you get. And you have to, that's, that's your, your fight right there. Remember, one thing about the Get Ready to Reach podcast is we're trying to arm you and show you how to fight in this fight, in the battle zone between here and here. That is your fight of getting up out of your comfort zone and getting to that next city over. And then saying, look what I can do. We know you know you can do it when you're by yourself in the mirror. We know you can do it when you're at the gym. We know you can do it when you are, you know, figuring out ways to make stuff work. But it's just like, if I can just get from here to there so they can see it and they can take my talents and, sh and, and appreciate them for what they really are worth. That is what we're trying to get you to do. Okay, so if you have a calling on your life, please believe in your journey. If you have a business idea that you feel divinely inspired to run, please believe in your journey. If you have a gift, this is me right here. If you have a gift that requires digging down deep uh, into mine like miners do to get to that coal, to get whatever that, that jewel is out, diamonds are hidden down low, please believe in your journey. It's going to take a while to get down to the diamonds. It's going to take a while to get the diamonds out. But when people see the diamonds, everyone wants to have a diamond. Diamonds is a girl best friend. So please believe in your journey. And please also understand this. You know, here's another biblical scripture uh, reference. Just like olives were pressed in the olive oil, understand that you will be pressed too. Your family, your friends, your financial situation, all that is going to press you guys. It's going to pressure you. It's going to make things uncomfortable. Uh, it's going to make you want to give up. Because unfortunately, society measures measure success with how much money you make and how quickly you make it. They assume that, okay, well, someone makes it faster than you, so they must be better than you. And it's just like, no, that person is either better than I am right now, I'm going to give you credit, or you have access to information that I don't have. You have a support system that I don't have. Um, you know, you have a network that I don't have. 
And once I figure all this crap out and I'm using my divine gift, I'm going to make it up. Don't worry about it. I'm going to make it up. And that's, that's how you have to approach it. You have to. If you don't, it'll kill you. Um, you know, there's not a, a week that goes by that my mom doesn't ask me to go back to AT&T or have you ever thought about working in the hospital. And that's not because she doesn't believe me. My mom has sat with me through some of the worst conversations you would ever want to have with your mom. And she's never once turned me away. Um, but it's just because I'm her, I'm her son. She wants me to do well for myself. You know, she wants me to do well for my family, and she wants me to continue on because she knows the man I am. Um, but that, that that's also hard because when you when you have that gift, and it's just like it's gonna happen. But it's not you're not seeing it yet. But you're you're working the gift on the inside, but you're not seeing it yet. And years go by, and life happens to you. It's hard. Okay, so that is my story on believing in the journey. It was a short story. Um, I hope I did it justice. I want to give you guys an example to go away with before we leave. I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to imagine yourself sitting there in the dark of the night. And some of you are worried. Some of you are planning your day. And some of you are meditating. And for this exercise, we are going to be the ones that are meditating. Now, in your mind's eye... I'd like for you to envision the sky 15 minutes before sunrise. It's kind of light out. The birds are already awake and active, yet there is no sun. In the natural, it's pitch black. It's almost midnight. And they're sitting there with you in the natural, in the darkness, are all of your failures. You have a few victories there with you. You have a few I don't knows. A lot of insecurities. Sitting there with you in the dark are all your friends and family members that support you to death. Though they don't see what you see and they don't understand what you understand. So their support can only go so far. And as you sit there in the natural, in your darkness, with your lack of confidence, your financial struggle, your lack of a clear path and a clear direction to place all this pent up energy that you have inside. What do I do with this energy? As you sit there with all that, you smile. Because in your mind's eye, in that meditative picture you're looking at, the worst has already passed. You've already figured it all out. It's a clear day. The sun is coming up. You feel the warmth of the rays, and you're thriving. <laughs> So if you're out there worrying, planning your day, meditating on what's next, sitting in the natural, in the darkness, where there are no instructions for finding your path, there is no how-to guide on how to walk it either. It's just cold and lonely, and it's an emotional roller coaster that you hate being on. It seems so much easier for those who don't give a damn about people who don't care versus those who do. And just as you paid all that you can pay into what I call paying tuition, just as you finished your character building school and you're about to graduate, just before you, the sun's up. Ha ha! The sun has risen. The first crack of sunlight has hit the sky in your mind's eye. And with it, confirmation that all of your prayers have been answered. 
you've made it. And in the natural, you smile because you know that what you saw there will soon be what you see everywhere, the sunrise. And you will make it. Now, if you just listen to that short story in that little exercise, ladies and gentlemen, that is what it's like to believe in your journey. And now you also know what it feels like to receive your journey. And with that, I want you to go. I want you to think about whatever it is that you do, whatever your journey, your path, your gift is that you have to offer the world. And I want you to think about the things that are keeping you away from it. And I want you to go kick their ass. Take this inspiration right now and run with it. Because you've got enough things pulling you down. So take this breath of fresh air and go fly. That is all I got for you for the Get Ready to Reach podcast. I am your host, Mike. Once again, I apologize for the sickness going on in here. I think I just cracked my phone screen from blowing on it. Um, but if you like what you heard, give me a thumbs up. Give me an applaud. I don't know what platform you're watching on. Uh, YouTube, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Anchor FM, if you're on Overcast, if you're on Google Play. Um, but again, let me know how you felt about the show. Um, Give me a like, subscribe, turn the notification button on. Share me with some friends and family, some athletes, some people who are going through everyday life, some businessmen, and uh, maybe we can get this thing out one person at a time. So I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. God bless. Guys, I almost forgot I want to add this in. I would like to announce that uh, for this podcast going forward, and even the, the previous topics before this one, um, if you feel like we can make this message, um, I guess, tailored to your life. So, for example, I always ask a question or two at the end. But if this is a topic that is really, you know, hit home in your heart, um, hit me up and we can kind of go through some, some personalized questions um, based on this topic in your life, in your specific situation. Um, that is something that I would absolutely love to help you with. Um, I will try to do it for a very nominal fee, but my time is important to me, so I definitely would have to charge you something. But again, if I can help you get unstuck um, for fractions of what a psychologist or a counselor or an advisor or whoever else professional that doesn't know you is going to charge you insane money, I would love to help you do that. Um, it would be an hour for me to do that. So again, if you feel that this topic has really hit home with you and you want to ask some more specific tailored questions uh, and get my opinion on it, my take on it, please hit me up. We'll set up something uh, either by video chat or email or phone, something like that. So thanks for listening and I hope to see you in the next podcast.